0: done. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Star Cast. guys and welcome to the stardom cast your weekly audio source of all things world wonder ring stardom i'm your host rob goodwin and i am joined by matt turner matt turner on the eve of possibly the busiest session of podcasting we're going to do how on earth are you
1: i am absolutely fantastic rob as always i'm gonna hit you with three questions right in a, right in a row so i hope you're ready for them jesus Not straight into it no Number one, how are you? Question number two, how is your foot? And question number three, this past week, did you by chance get any um, any tweets at you from the fantastic <laughs> friends and family of the Stardom Cats? Did anybody by chance tweet you? To uh, check in on you with any pictures or gifts on how your foot is.
0: I I massively appreciate the people who sent me gifts of Waka Sukiyama doing the Cosmic Angel stance. Thank you, everyone. Um, my only comment is it's a damn sight harder than it looks. Leave Wacker alone. Um, <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, um, it's it's better than it was. Um, when I first did it, it's more swollen now. It's a bit more bruised, but there's no break, which is good. Uh, I've just I think the, the medical term is buggered it um i've done all the tendons in it and the ligaments i've got an absolute shed load of soft tissue damage and all sorts so all the good stuff um but yeah no break so that is that is the most important thing i'd love to say that i did it in a way as cool as attempting the cosmic angels dance uh, but i'm afraid i am going to have to expose matt for the flat out liar he is
1: breaking 90 seconds in he's breaking kayfabe but all right buddy whatever
0: you want to do Um, but no i i honestly can't remember if i was just i'd literally just come in from work and i can't remember if i was talking to my girlfriend or if i was playing with the cat um and i thought i was closer to the ground than i was so i went to step off what i thought was the bottom step it wasn't it was the second step so um as my foot came down i've landed on the back of my toes And I've gone over the front of my foot. And so all my weight's gone onto that. Um, How I didn't break anything, I've got no idea. Uh, But, you know, I'm made of absolute tissue paper. So obviously we had to go to the hospital. Um, And yeah, they said I've made a mess of it, but thankfully no break. So yeah, all uh, all good. Um, Now, I'd like to hit you with a question, Matt. Sure, sir. Now, uh, I need to thank Valkage on our Discord for forwarding me the link to this, uh, because I was unaware that this was a thing until, uh, when was it I texted you? Was it was it Monday,
1: I believe? Sunday. You- it was Sunday night. I just left uh, catch camp, and I didn't get a chance to, because uh, I had a lot of driving to do, and I hit traffic, and I didn't get a chance to look at it until Monday on my lunch. But you sent it to me Sunday night.
0: I did. Um, uh, so Meltier the team of Tam Nakano and Natsupoy, uh, for those who don't know they had their debut live performance of their entrance theme. Um, it was one of around 65 songs performed at the Bushi Road 15th anniversary show at the Ballooner Dome Baseball Dome in Sayama. So big venue I, I'm sure I saw 15,000 people bandied about as an attendant. So a huge huge attendance for the two women to perform in front of, um, but Matt, I know that you are perhaps the most positive person I know. There's not even a perhaps in front of you. You are the most positive person I know. I would like to hear your defence of Tam's singing. Well, uh,
1: again, you sent me the you sent me the thing. You said, "Yeah, you have to see this." So I watched it, and I. I said, okay. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, I'm not a fan. I'm not going to say I'm not a fan. I'm more of a. Uh, it's obviously, their entrance theme is more pop, pop type music. I'm more of a rock and heavy metal guy, so I knew I was going to have to grade this on a curve, and I figured that's fair. We'll grade it on a curve. You know, Matt's kind of a heavy metal guy, so I graded on a small curve. And and um, my, you know, if you want my review, my opinion on this, grade it on just a small curve. Uh, Mel Tear's performance was the greatest live uh, <laughs> performance since queen at live aid in <laughs> Stadium. and me. So again, that's just grading on a slight curve, maybe a slight slightly curve. better, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe slightly better just based on the curve. I don't know. And that the, I actually text you exactly what I said just to get a rise out of you. And then you said, you mean you were going back and forth and I said something like, Oh, who are you kidding? When they tour at the, when the Mel Teer world tour, Tours at the O2 Arena. You're going to be there in the front row, crying with your melt tear towel. <laughs> and you said, "Mate, O2 Arena, more like Wembley Stadium." Absolutely, go, there it is. There it is. There it is. Just like Queen at Wembley Stadium, and the British Bulldog versus Bret Hart at Wembley Stadium. Tam Nakano and Natsupoi will be, you know, immortalized in that uh, legendary venue over there in your home country. So,
0: only the greatest musical artists perform at Wembley Stadium and I feel like it would be a mistake not to include Nat Subway and Tam in that bracket along with the likes of Queen, Foo Fighters, Muse and a whole litany of other people who've played Wembley Stadium. Um <laughs> it, it it's not my thing. I will just say I know that um a couple of people have said why 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 don't you like it? I don't I think the entrance is great from a visual standpoint. It's just it's like my it's just it's not my thing. Um I will say now because I am not as positive as Matt. I thought Natsupoy did a really good job. I thought the show was really good, but bless her heart, Tam is, she's certainly better at the lip, syn- lip syncing than she is at the whole live singing. Um, I, I I think she, bless her, she tried to hit every single note and probably hit about 30%. There's a famous sketch in Britain from uh, a comedy duo called Morecambe and Wise. Um, and I believe the the quote is, I am hitting all the right notes, just not necessarily in the right order. And I think that... I dare you. <laughs> I think that probably suits um, sort of... I think that's Tam's performance in a nutshell. However, like... I know that they want to do more things like this. I know that they want to do performances, and I know they're on about doing more live performances of the song, and perhaps even doing more afterwards. Um, but yeah, what a what a rub for them! I thought uh, thought it was great. Aside from obviously a couple of the notes, but uh, yeah, I thought excellent. Well done, um, Matt. Well, hold on. Let me let me I know we got a lot
1: to talk about. So the, let me just tail end this on the Meltair thing. Please do. Rob, have you have, have you ever seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure?
0: Uh, I'll be honest. I've seen it twice. And both of those times I was trolleyed out of my tree. So I can't remember. I can't remember a thing okay. about it. So
1: basically, basically, the long and the short of the movie is basically Bill and Ted. They're uh, they're high school seniors and they're trying to graduate high school. They want to create this band called Wild Stallions. So what winds up happening is there's a time traveler by the name of Rufus played by the legendary George Carlin that needs to make sure that these two kids graduate high school so the band Wild Stallions will exist. At the end of the movie, they ask him, they say, Rufus, how come like you're so hell-bent on this band forming? He said, because in the future, Wild Stallions music will solve world peace, it will end world <laughs> hunger, it will align all the planets and it's the reason why the sun comes up. I firmly believe that Mel Tears' music will be on the same part that Rufus, a.k.a. George Carlin, said about Wild Stallion's music. And that's 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 my stance. And damn it, I'm sticking
0: to it. Sticking, sticking to it. I do wonder at what point Natsupoy will break away from Tam oh, and my create her own solo I- career.
1: Okay, Beyonce. <laughs> yeah,
0: I do wonder who's going to be the Yoko Ono in their Beatles. Um, <laughs> oh wow, we're all over the place. Absolutely. So stardom.
1: So stardom.
0: Why, why talk about stardom when we can talk about Meltier <laughs> taking the musical world by storm?
1: Um, the, Meltier, the Meltier cast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think the rebrand is all but complete. Um, Matt, what is coming up yes. on Patreon this week?
1: On the Patreon for the watch along. We just, uh, this past week, we uh, did the watch along to the 2021 Goddess of Stardom uh, finals between FWC and uh, Momo Watanabe and Izumi. This uh, this Monday coming up, uh, our watch along will be because I can't get enough of Momo and Hazuki will be Hazuki challenging Momo Watanabe for the wonder of stardom, the a.k.a. the uh, the white belt back in 2018. So that's what's uh, that's what happened this past week. And that's what's coming up this week for the white belt tier Patreon members. Uh, as of this listening, the Hazuki high speed r- uh, run will should be up in your feeds. And then at the end of this month, the Kagetsu Red Belt reign should be up in your feeds. And I know I actually text Rob uh, last night after I watched Kigetsu, uh, the base of the first match where she beats Tony Storm for the Red Belt. And I know it's a match you said you never watched. I never watched until I thought last night. Completely blown away. It's probably the best Tony Storm match I've ever seen that didn't have somebody by the name of Ia Shirai in it. And probably the best Kagetsu match I've ever seen that didn't have anybody by the name of uh, Mayu or Arisa Hoshinki in it. So, uh, I mean, that, and that was basically... The first match I watched, well, it has to be the first match I watched, but I was completely uh, blown away by what I saw. And I'm really looking forward to digging into the rest of Kagetsu's Red Belt Reign. Um, also, my friend, I have been teasing and talking about what we were going to do what the Stardom cast is going to do for our fantastic Patreon listeners for the month of December. Now, if you know anything about me, I'm a huge fan of Christmas. I love the Christmas season. I basically turn into Clark Griswold. Give me all the Christmas music. Give me those terrible Lifetime and Hallmark movies. I, you know, Give me Charlie Brown. I'm all about Christmas. So I, I'm, I'm much of a giver. So I want to give the our Patreon listeners, Rob, something very special for december so here it is folks drum roll pre- please here's what we're doing on the patreon we're going to be doing a theme the theme will be are you ready for a rap are you ready for it cannot wait it is a merry mayu christmas for all of december very much like in april we did insane april we're going to be doing a mayu iwatani theme for uh the month of december so for the i'm going to go over the tiers so if you are a patreon member great if you're thinking about becoming a Patreon, the month of December is definitely the month to do it. So for the $1 tier uh, members, we're going to be doing a, a complete career retrospective of Maywee Watani. Um, and by we, I mean, Rob, I'm going to have a special guest. You are going to be joining me. Yes, i it's going to be joining me on the Patreon. It's somebody that I think you know and that you like is the author of the book living the dream sardom's <laughs> 10th anniversary review that's you buddy that that's is me good <laughs> so uh yeah when i wanted to get this is, that's just this is just for the if you're just a one dollar tier member you, you get the uh you're gonna get this career retrospective of and of course i and again rob thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me i would not I want to do it with anybody else. Obviously, you're the biggest Stardom fan I know, and you're the biggest Mayu fan I know. So I think that uh, I, this will be a, an absolute treat uh, for me and you to just basically jot down some notes. And once we start recording, we don't know if we're going to go an hour. We don't know if we're going to go two, two and a half. Basically, we're going to go until we uh, really, you know, till we think that we've uh, you know hit a home run on that podcast. So I'm excited for that. Now, obviously, the three dollar tier for the month of November, as always, you get to vote. Uh, I'll be putting this up on the uh, the Twitter probably sometime this weekend. So your four options, and again, the top two get picked. The four options are uh, Mayu's 2018 five-star run, Mayu's 2016 Cinderella run, Mayu and ROH, and a Thunder, Rock, a Thunder Rock review. Thunder Rock obviously being Mayu and Io Shirai. Now, I get tweets and uh, DMs all the time. To do something on Thunder Rock, the only problem is between uh, they. It's it's tough to find all their matches between the lack of the stuff that's on the website from 2011 to 2016, and even with the uh, litany of DVDs I have with Eo and Mayu, it's real. It's tough to find everything there. So, basically at my disposal, please, you know, see the three dollar tier. You get your choice there and you get the career retrospective. Now the full magilla for five dollars, the best deal in the business. Now of course that's our watch along. So uh, for our four watch alongs, we're doing four matches of Mayu versus Io Shirai. My opinion, the greatest feud in the history of stardom. Match number one. So basically week one in December, we're going to be doing the uh, 2015 five-star Grand Prix match. Uh, week number two in December, we're going to be doing their match on the 15th of May in 2016 from stardom gold. Match number three, week number three, we'll be doing the year-end climax match from the 22nd of December in 2016. And we'll round the month of December out with the Mayu versus Eo match from 2017 uh june 21st so for five dollars you get the four watch long matches you get the two um reviews and then you also get the career retrospective so that's what we have going on patreon
0: i'm a busy boy over there rob honestly mate i'm surprised you have time to sleep it's no wonder you're having a rest from uh, from your wrestling duties when you've got all of this stuff to fit in for a merry Mayu christmas
1: because I love everybody. Consider your uncle, Matt Turner. He is your Santa Claus. If you listen to this podcast, your uncle, Matt Turner, he is Santa Claus. So happy holidays, everyone.
0: Absolutely. I am buzzing. That that retrospective is going to be an absolute mountain of fun. I can't wait. Um, uh, let's kick in some news then. Uh, but before I do, I just want to quickly thank our latest Patron, um, whose name has gone, which is incredibly annoying. Hang on one second, I will find it. Um, I did have Beautiful it. On a- man.
1: Congratulations,
0: <laughs> Leroy Bryce. Thank you very much, Leroy. Um, we really appreciate your support. Thank you, and thank you to everyone that has subscribed to our patron, irrelevant of what band or membership bracket that is in. We really, really, really do appreciate it. Um, kicking into the news, then the card for for uh, Stardom in Showcase Volume 3 has been announced and there was a further announcement this morning which we'll get into in a moment. So you're card for stardom in showcase is as follows um the neo stardom army versus donna del mondo which is the match we uh, we told you about a couple of weeks ago in a six-person tag nene takahashi and you and tropical passion mask versus julian may sakurai and it doesn't say anything there about a coffee match so you know fingers crossed we live in hope um we have got <laughs> A Judo Jacket Rules six woman tag match um, with Utami and Hina and Marai taking on Micah. Mayu Iwatani and Hanan. So, some interesting teams there. Um, we have got a false count anywhere four way battle between Azumi, Kogama, Starlight Kid, and Ramka Chao, which is going to be sensational. Uh, we have got a special tag match with the return of Natsu Sumare. Um, so, she's teaming with Hazuki, taking on the Ueditai team of Natsu Tora and Saki Kashima after Tora and Saki wrecked Natsu's body. Are. Um and then we have got a hardcore rules six woman tag, and that's going to be uh between the prominence team of Reese Sarah, Suzu Suzuki, and Hirogi. I think, I think that's how you say it. Against Tam Nakano and Natsuboy and a mystery teammate. Um, and this is all to do with being able to perform their uh, their song live. Um this morning and I don't know if you've seen this, Matt. Um good. This has been announced that their mystery opponent, their mystery teammate, sorry, I should say, is none other than the returning Yunagi Sayaka, who has almost single-handedly been lighting up the internet with her with journeys and her live streams. Um, she's been doing a lot of good work, and she will be at Stardom in Showcase uh, in Kawasaki on the 26th of November, teaming back with Cosmic Angels. Matt, it's nice to see you, Nagi, again.
1: Am I the only one? As soon as I saw that, I was like, my first reaction was cool. And then after that, I'm like, yeah, she's definitely turning on Tam and Natsupoy. Is that just me? Like, Do you you have that buzz as well? Do you think she's turning, or do you think she's going to straight up just team with them?
0: Well... This doesn't signal the complete return of Yunagi. She's still got a lot of commitment in other promotions and she's gone on record as to say she's been able to do things with the time um, where she's been able to do things like, I think I read on Twitter that she'd been camping for a couple of days that she wouldn't have been able to do if she wasn't in stardom. So she seems to be enjoying whatever it is she's doing, this freelance work. Um, And she has been announced for a title tournament, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. I think if it was a case of, her coming back full time, I could potentially see a turn, um, but I don't know. It would be interesting, certainly. Um, and I think, you know, Yunagi being sort of the lone eel um, would be a good storyline. But again, it depends how many dates stardom, um, Yunagi actually does with stardom, because at the moment, we're not entirely sure.
1: Yeah. That would set up a lot of stuff. Cause then you'd have all the singles matches. Then when Mina comes back, um, you know, your Mina meet a Yunagi match at like, you know, either big Cork and Hall show, or maybe in the middle of like a jam packed pay-per-view. So yeah, that's li- uh, immediately what I thought, but yeah, who knows, but good on Unagi, Yunagi really like, yeah, exactly. Just really lighting up the, uh, the internet with all of her uh, trips and tropes and, uh, you know, getting that match at Sendai Girls by basically going into the
0: dojo <laughs> that we talked about a couple of weeks ago—hilarious. Yeah, um, I think the biggest face on Unagi streams is the cat. Who, bless it, is is forced to do the most the most incredible dance routines, uh, and it just it sits there, the most docile thing in the world. Um, it it does make me laugh how much it looks like just this is my life. Just bless him. Um, speaking of you, Nagi um at Mr. Mid-South 1984, um, says that the lineup for the 3AW title tournament for Marvelous on December the 4th at Corican has been announced. Um, this obviously comes after Takumi Aroha to vacate the title due to injury. Um, they are 10-minute time limit matches with the final being a 30-minute time limit um, and a draw will result in both women being eliminated. It's a 10-woman bracket um, and we have got the likes of Rin Katakura in the bracket. We have got uh, Momono. we've got Ai Hassan, i have got Yuna Manass, and in the middle of that bracket, taking on Tomoko Watanabe, is Yunagi Sayaka. So, uh, it'll be interesting. I don't think she's going to win the 3AW title, um, which is Marvelous's top title. Um, I'd be very surprised if she wins it, but Considering her merch is doing very well, it shows that she turns up on. I wouldn't be surprised to see her have a good run in this tournament, maybe to the final map.
1: Yeah, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Uh, I would, if I, if they were to ask me who my vote would be, uh, I would say Rin Katakor. I don't. I. I mean, I only I only know a handful of the names in that tournament, but I'm a big fan of her from the work that I saw her do um, this last this past year, uh, 2021 in Stardom. So. That would be my, uh, who I put my money on. And by my my money, I mean all of maybe like 50 cents.
0: American. (laughs) Uh, Rin Kanakora, of course, who recently got married. So uh, congratulations to Rin. Congratulations. um, Which I believe was to, uh, um, oh my God, her name is completely, uh, completely, I'll find it in a minute. It's to um, the son of uh, Nageo. Chikuta that's the one. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Rin. And finally, I thought this was a little bit interesting for you, Matt. Uh, the Stardom in Tokyo Comic-Con 2022. So on November 25th, which is a Friday, um, there is going to be a Tokyo Comic-Con, and Stardom will be present. The six-woman tag team match has been announced. It is going to be Utami Hayashishti, and Azumi and Lady Sea of Queens Quest taking on the stars team of Koguma, Hazuki and Saya Ida. Um, uh, just think, Matt, if it had been New York, you'd have been there. Absolutely.
1: Obviously, I, I go to New York Comic Con every year and uh, about a month or two before my New York Comic Con trip, I actually wrestled at the Pocono Comic Con, which was absolutely probably in 20 years of independent wrestling, the second craziest thing I think I've ever been a part of. The CZW Ring of Honor crazy brawl uh, inside and outside of the ECW arena. That would that definitely always takes the cake for me. But uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that they're wrestling at a comic con. So um, hey, the doors are uh, the, the 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 international doors are opening up. So read pop, listen up. Stardom's a big thing. Let's get uh, Stardom over over here next year for the twenty twenty three New York Comic Con.
0: Imagine, imagine the scenes. Oh, oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> People cosplaying as the cosmic angels doing the dance. And then it, Rob will be like, that's not, I'll take a photo, I'll take a video of Rob. <laughs> it. That's not how you do it.
0: Step aside, peasants. <laughs> <laughs> and I just break out the really wooden wakasuki armor moves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my um, goodness.
0: A little bit of uh, personal news from me. Um, in 2023, it's going to be a pretty busy year for myself. Um, I released a book on the 31st of July this year. Um, I've decided to undertake the Leviathan-like uh, task of reviewing all of the Monday Night Wars, so Every Monday Night Raw, Every Monday Night Nitro, and all of the pay-per-views. Um, the 1995 book, um, A Declaration of War, that uh, dropped on the 31st of July and obviously it's Christmas coming up. Please treat yourselves. You can find it on Amazon. Um, but the 1996 version uh, will be out in December of 2023. Um, depending on how big it is, it may or may not be split into two parts because obviously Nitro goes to two hours um Partway through the year. So that will be dropping. It's got a tentative release date of December 2023. But that isn't all because I, you know, who needs sleep, am I right? Um, in July of 2023, I'm going to be releasing two different books. Um, I'm going to be releasing Building Blocks, which is 100 of Wrestling's Greatest Matches. I'm not going to be ranking these matches because that will be folly. It's all subjective. It's Um, 100 wrestling matches that I think are just incredible, spanning WWE, WCW, Stardom, New Japan, uh, Dragon Gate, all the way through from, I think, the earliest match I reviewed is 1985, all the way through to uh, to 2022. So that's going to be um, illustrated by Matt Charlton of Shining Wizard Designs, who did the fantastic artwork in my first Stardom book. And I say first because I am going to be releasing a follow-up to Living the Dream, which is going to be called Chasing the Dream, and that is going to be 50 of Stardom's Greatest Matches. Um, so, yeah, a busy time for me. Those two um, Greatest Matches books, hopefully a very tentative release date of July 2023, Um And my 1996 Complete Monday Night Wars, I'm currently in April, um, so fingers crossed that's going to be released in December of next year. Um, And then just another note on top of that, if you don't see the website updating, that's fine. Um, (laughs) The amount of traffic crashed our page. Because it's it's only because it's a free website that I'm using. Um, And basically, there's a certain amount of traffic before I have to start paying for the website. So I'm currently porting everything over to um, a different server and basically updating it, making it look very professional. So that will hopefully be online in the next couple of weeks. So please, if you don't see the episodes coming up on the stardomcast.weebly.com, it's because, fingers crossed, it will soon be the stardomcast.com. But again, I will keep you updated as the podcast goes on.
1: Um, Questions, sir, about, about your book, if you do not mind. Okay, now, um, first of all, thank you for for sending me the image. I saw the uh, the covers for these two books. And I won't spoil what they are, but they absolutely fantastic, and I'm super excited to uh, to read more of your material. Again, I just don't plug this because Rob is my friend. I thoroughly enjoy, obviously, the Stardom book, and I do have the 95 Monday Night Wars book. I prefer the Stardom book more just because I like the source material, but I'm excited to read uh, about 96 because I was uh, obviously in knee deep in the Monday Night Wars um, coming from a personal experience. Just to kind of give you an idea of me reading or uh, me watching the Monday Night Wars, one of my really good friends in high school, he had a giant finished basement that he basically lived in. He had his own shower. He had his own kitchen. He had his own living room and his own bedroom. So we would watch Raw. We'd have Ra on in his bedroom, and uh, in his living room, we would have Nitro. So we would go back and forth. So 96 is when I really started to get into WCW because of the whole NWO thing. So one, I'm really uh, excited to, uh, to read the book, you know, about 96 because that's when things really, really heat up between uh, WWF and um, WCW. But now your top 50 matches for Stardom is that going to be ranked like uh 50 to 1 or just what you think is your top 50 matches in no order
0: um i'll be perfectly honest i i'm not sure whether it will be ranked um simply because it's a subjective list you know trying to Absolutely. Ra- rank mm-hmm. them as the greatest matches would be uh would be i think a little bit uh, a little bit of a a fruitless endeavor but um i can certainly i can certainly rank them if this is going where i think it's going
1: Well, well, there's that there. There's and obviously, me and you text back and forth about this. So, question number two is, like, when's the cutoff date for for your ranking? Obviously, you'll start from 2011, Mm -hmm. but are you going to end with this year? For example, like if you're already writing them down and say Julia and Sherry have this banger of a five, five and a half star match. Uh, at Dream Queendom, are you gonna be like, "No, I can't include it because I cut it off? like when did, what is your cutoff date for this? Because and the reason why I'm asking Rob, and I mean Rob text back and forth is obviously if you know if you listen to this podcast first of all, we thank you. Second of all, me and Rob agree on quite a lot without discussing it. So as soon as you told me you're doing your top fifty matches, I'm like, when I have time and I figure out the time frame of this, I want to write down my top fifty starter matches just to see how many we have like. So that was my next question. When is the uh, the cutoff date for your top fifty matches?
0: So at the moment, um, obviously, I've left quite a few spaces um, for this, if this very reason, and I've uh, reached out to a couple of people just to basically say, are there any that I'm missing from Stardom's, you know, back catalogue that I have? You know, obviously, I haven't watched every Stardom match, um, but I'd say the cutoff is probably going to be the end of December.
1: Okay. So Dream Queendom will be included. And Dream this Queendom will be included, yes. And these phenomenal pay-per-views that we have, we're we going to review. Cheap plug for a podcast you're already listening to. But uh, for these, these, <laughs> we have some phenomenal matches coming up, uh, you know, th- 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 this weekend. So, okay, just so I have an idea. So that's probably what I'll do is on my lengthy Christmas break um, because I don't take time off. So I have to use all my days up at the end of the year. I will probably jot down on my top 50 matches and um, I obviously won't tell you until I read the book because I'd like to be surprised because I'm really curious just to see how many of the 50 matches mean you uh, mean you uh, agree on
0: it I am quite excited to see that to be fair. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be interesting. Maybe we'll make a podcast out of it. who knows? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to the two shows that we are going to review for today're night four and night five of the goddesses of stardom Tag league. um I just want to quickly a little programming note night six from um the Sendai industrial uh, sorry. The Sendai Industry Exhibition Hall um, show from the 13th of November. It wasn't up in its entirety when we started recording or when we were going to record. So we will add that to our Gold Rush show next week. So we'll have a run through of that show uh, next week. But I will say it was a sellout of 508 people. So well done, Stardom. Um, So night four, then, of the Goddesses of Stardom Tag League, Sunday the 6th of November, 2022. In Mess Wing, me, Sioux City in the Me Prefecture in front of 312 people. What I'll do is I will go through these opening matches um, and before I get into the Goddess of Stardom Tag League matches, Matt, I'll ask if you want to discuss anything from them. Um, so match one was a four-way match. Saki Kashima defeated Waka Tsukiyama, and Miyu Amasaki, pinning Waka with the double arm facebuster in 5 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, match two was a tag team match with the Black Desire team defeating the stars team of Mayu Ibutani and Saya Ida. most uh, Homo Watanabe getting the pinfall over Sayida with the Hito Danashi Driver in seven minutes and twenty six seconds, and then match three saw a three way tag team match: the Queen's Quest team of Utami Hayashi, and Azumi, the New Era's team of Mariah Namisori and Mai Himi ending in a fifteen minute time limit draw. So, before we go into the Goddess of Stardom Tag League tournament Matt, what about those three matches? If anything, would you like to talk about?
1: Um, we just buzz by real quick. The second match with Mayu Saida, Momo Watanabe, and Starlight Kid. Obviously, Mayu has great chemistry with Momo and Starlight Kid. But damn, Sayeda! It seems like every time I watch her, she just keeps getting better and better. And I think, and you talked about a couple times here in the podcast that a kind with a stacked singles roster, maybe Sayeda's place going into twenty twenty three is the tag team, and with uh with Hanan for Wingoy, but I just thought, I just kind of just want to give two thumbs up to Saida for her performance in that match, and I'm just curious on what your rating was for the first match.
0: And yeah, that was three and a half.
1: I had three and three-fourths. Yeah, so me and you were, were right there. So, yeah, I thought uh, she was fantastic, and uh, well, obviously, all four individuals were fantastic. And then the time limit draw match between the new eras, uh, Himi and uh, the Queen's Quest team of Utami and Azumi, that was like 15 minutes of Don't Blink, wasn't it? I mean, it was just nonstop action to the point where it's like you can kind of hear the uh the timekeeper down time so you knew where it was going but uh, to me i just didn't want this match to end i thought it was absolutely fantastic obviously and some really hard-hitting segments with uh with everybody in the ring even though azumi is the uh like basically the smallest and the uh the least maybe deadly i don't know if that's the word between uh the the six individuals but man azumi throws some wild and stiff head kicks very underrated in the striking she is
0: yeah, absolutely. And actually, there's two time limit draws over these two shows. And I don't, the second one didn't drag by any stretch of the imagination, but this one, you're absolutely right. It was a, holy crap, are we at 12 minutes already? Like, it really did. And I don't know whether it's just because I love the dynamic between, especially the new eras and Micah and Himica, and it's just a lariat fest. Um, and especially because Himica at the moment, I'm particularly enjoying. Um, but all in all, it was one of my favorite matches of the night, of both nights, in fact. I gave it three and three-quarters stars, Matt.
1: Yeah, same same here, three and three-quarters. Yeah, absolutely loved it.
0: Um, it's def- it's definitely one of those sort of hidden gems that gets buried because of the Tag League, but definitely go and check it out if you're watching that show anyway from the 6th. Um, let's jump into the starnham Tag League matches then. So we opened up with a match for the Goddess of Starnam Tag League 2022 Red Goddess block with Mafia Bella moving to four points, defeating the My Fair Lady team with Tekla submitting Mei Sakurai with the Kumagarami in seven minutes and 32 seconds. I What I really enjoyed th- in this match was seeing the dynamic between May Sakurai and Julia as I think, a big think, um, that it's the first time they've faced off since May joined DDM. And I just feel sort of May is very much looking for Julia's approval and sort of wanting to impress Julia. And I think that's a really cool dynamic that they managed to weave into this match, Matt.
1: Yeah, the main story for me in this match was uh, Mae Sakurai just being, like, overly stiff with her fellow DDM members, especially when it came to Julia. Like, she was really, really laying it in. You just know what's going to happen. Julia, obviously, is a fairly hard hitter and probably the person they're going to put the belt on at the end of the year, at the big uh, show at the end of the year. So you know it's coming. I mean, in Mae Sakurai, she's thrown boots and chops and series of forearms. It's like, oh, you know the receipts coming, and boy, it came tenfold. It sure did. It like didn't hold anything back. It was like, all right, but yeah, that's you're right, you probably you're. Right, you're- you hit a home run there, so it's basically like she was looking for the approval, Julia, in this match. And then after uh, the match was over, uh, Julia came over to Maysac, right, to make sure she was okay. Very much like a very violent MMA fight that the uh, the fighters are going in the out there absolutely just brutalizing each other. And then as soon as the bell rings and it's over, it's like, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? All right, let's go get a steak and a beer afterwards.
0: Yeah, it's very much a sort of, not necessarily a teaching a lesson. That's not necessarily where I'm going with this. It was more like a, I'm it's a mentor teacher student sort of relationship and the you know the whole the whole point of mei sakurai joining ddm was that she wanted to be taken more seriously to concentrate on her wrestling and not be you know taking part in a dance that breaks people's ankles um so I, I really enjoyed that And i really enjoyed the fact that as soon as the match had gone she Offered the handout to Julia. Julia slapped it away and they hugged and then Tecla embraced her as well. So it it's a nice little story that they're going through with May Sakurai. The only thing that I didn't really understand was apparently May Sakurai and Lady C are absolutely fine now. Um despite yeah, the Out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere. There's sort That's of true. like the dysfunction that they were sort of teasing when we opened the tag league on pay-per-view. Not there. In the slightest, there was absolutely no miscommunication on this or the next show, so completely out of the window, with no explanation, but there we are. Um, Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, fine. Um, uh, I gave it three and a quarter stars, Matt. Decent enough matchup.
1: Yeah, three and a quarter stars too, sir. Agree with you.
0: Um, we move on then to uh, Goddess of Storm Tag League 2022 Blue Goddess Block Match with BMI 2000 moving to four points, defeating the reigning uh, Tag League champions, FWC, also with four points with uh, Natsukura pinning Kogama with the Swanton Bomb in seven minutes and three seconds. I enjoyed this match so much more than I thought I was going to, and I was a massive fan of of seeing Hazuki not engaging at all. Like she didn't pander to the crowd after her name was read out because she's staring daggers at Tora. I mean, obviously there's a lot of history between the two. They were both part of a wedding tie together and it was Tora who wrestled and defeated Hazuki in her retirement match at the end of 2019. And I do like the fact that they're clearly playing on that. Um, Tor is equally not engaging with Koguma doing the bear dance, shoulder tackles her to the ground and beckons Hazuki to the ring, literally not bothering with Koguma at all. That that entire beginning segment was beautiful, Matt.
1: Yeah, literally, my as always, my first note, you know, you must be staring at my notes here. My first note, Hazuki and Tora stare holes through each other to start the match, so, you figured you would to get Tora versus Huzuki to start, or you would have flipped it. You would have had Ruwaka and Kogama to start just to build it. And it was like, yeah, shoulder tackle. And Tora's like, nope. I'm like, oh, that's a different formula. It works. You know, that, that formula worked there. I was like, nope, I want Hazuki, And they, uh, they were going at it back and forth, maybe a singles match somewhere down the line, I hope. But I was absolutely stunned by this finish. You had Ruwaka basically taking Hazuki uh, out with the, uh, uh, the top rope splash, the, uh, the freezer bomb. And then Tora hits the Swanton on Koguma. I was like, Oh, okay. So you kind of have this makeshift tag team that just beat the two time tag team champions and last year's winner. Um, and it kind of like, t- it was a good match. Don't get me wrong. I was solid. I really enjoyed it, especially the story with Hazuki and Tora, but like, it seemed like they had a good pace going and then they were like, okay, let's just go to the finish. So it's kind of like, almost like take back uh, by the finish. And one thing I have to note is I kind of uh, bag on Ruaka a, a little bit just because she's just not progressing in the last, you know, 12, uh, 16, 18 months, like how pretty much everybody else in uh, the roster has. And I think she's really found her niche here with this tag team, especially with Tor. And it looks like she's uh, she's getting in better shape, too. So um, kudos to her. Always, you always get two thumbs up from me. If you're out there, no matter what job you're doing or what you're doing, you know what your passion is, if you're working your ass off and you're getting better. But she just really seems to be finding her stride in this team with Tor. And it looks like she's, uh, she's like I said, she's, she's probably getting in the gym a little bit as well because she's looking, she's looking like she's in pretty good shape. So, uh, yeah, I thought this match was uh, pretty good. I gave it three and a quarter stars, but I was just stunned at the finish. I thought FWC was definitely taking this.
0: Absolutely. Um, uh, Peggybacking up what you said, I thought Ruwaka looked really good here. There was that um, one particular spot where Koguma misses the diving crossbody, ends up wiping out Hazuki, and literally just straight away, Ruwaka hits this on to both of them. And I just, I really like that moment. There's moments in the next match, pardon me, on the next show, sorry, uh, with uh, BMI 2000, where Ruwaka manages to muscle up um someone into a um fireman buster and it just it looks really smooth and it does seem to be like she's getting in better ring shape she's sort of improving and i do think the more she teams with Tora and sort of carries on this momentum she's going to get better obviously she's going to be sort of working on chemistry and things like that And i think for the moment same with Sayrida um i think tag teaming could be um, where Ruaka goes next and sort of goes to improve a little bit more um, but I thought she looked good here obviously the main points of this match are Tor and Hazuki but yeah I enjoyed it three and a half stars Matt
1: yeah he liked a little more than me look at that
0: I did I did um uh, Goddess of Storm Tag League, then this is our main event, a red goddess block match with Meltier, the Goddess of Stardom champions, defeating the Karate Brave team of Suri and uh, Tomoko Tomoka Inaba. I don't know why I forgot her name. Um, <laughs> with the Holy Tigers. Geez. I know. Um, with Tam getting the pinfall over Inaba <laughs> with the Tiger suplex in 12 minutes and 8 seconds. When Inaba came out, I genuinely thought she was coming out with the new New Japan World Television Championship. I was like, oh my goodness. the hell? <laughs> looks, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> they are the spitting image. Obviously, it's not. She's the queen of JTO champion, but I was like, I had I'd literally had to double take. Um, and and the reason I'm really annoyed with myself about forgetting Inaba's name, I couldn't. I don't know why I'd forgotten a name. So literally, all my notes are how impressed I am with Inaba and what the chemistry was like with, especially Natsupoi. I thought she did really, really well in the exchanges with Poi. Um, but overall, you have Melty, Asuri, and Inaba in the ring. It's not going to be a bad match.
1: No, um, I think this match was excellent. Um, my favorite match of this show. I thought, yeah, uh, Naba, no, she looked really good with the technical wrestling stuff from Natsupoy in the beginning. And then as it was ramping up, it got to the more strike heavy stuff with her and, uh, and Tam. So you get that, you basically saw two different, really three different sides of it. You got to see her technical wrestling with Natsupoy, the striking stuff with Tam. And I think her and Sherry, who basically are kind of like a makeshift team going into this tournament, you know, she basically joins uh, God's Eye. And then you're like, well, maybe that's Sherry's going to be Sherry's partner for the tournament. And this is only, I think, like their third match. I'm just thoroughly impressed by what I've seen by 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 the uh the uh these two as a tag team. And obviously me being a tag team wrestler and I'm just a huge fan of really, really good tag teams. If Sherry drops the belt at the end of this year, I would love to see her and Anaba be like a normal, you know, teaming up quite a bit on the show. So I would love to see like maybe a tag title match, you know, this you play this one back, or you know, or or them versus the new errors, or them versus uh Black Desire. Or the you know playing back off the draw from night one, or them versus Miami There's so many kind of dream matches that you can have with Shuri and Abe after uh, Shuri drops the belt at the end of this year, just to you know keep her busy and keep her at the top of the card. But what they're doing at Karate Brave. Just three matches in, I'm just completely blown away just by how good their chemistry is, their timing is, and their ring positioning as a tag team. Because it all takes is just a half a step off or a half a second off or a half of, you know, blink off, and it can kind of throw things off just a little bit. And I thought they've been super solid in all three of their matches. Um, if I can just gonna be a little bit nitpicky, uh, we've seen um, uh, Tam win a lot of matches with the violent screwdriver uh, uh, at the end of this year. So I was kind of hoping maybe she win a few more matches with a twilight dream. She didn't win it. She won with the tiger suplex. Uh, again, I'm just being really, really nitpicky. I'd like to see her start winning some more matches with a twilight dream, but all in all, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. sir, And I gave this one a solid four stars.
0: Yeah. he liked it a little bit more than me. I gave it three and a half. I thought it's, it's a really good uh, main event match. Again, you mentioned how we saw like two sides of an arbor and you're absolutely right. And, not only was it the technical wrestling with Natsupoy and then matching the strikes with Tam, I thought it was really impressive how she kept up with Natsapoy as well, because Natsapoy is incredibly quick in ring, I mean that's her whole thing really, very athletic, very quick, so for Inaba to match that and then to be able to obviously match strikes, which you get the impression that she's more comfortable with, with Tam I think she showed off fantastic fantastic potential Um, I think both her and Natsupoy are incredible baby Faces in peril. Um, I think they just you want to sort of back them, um and I think that worked really well in this match. I thought Suri Suri didn't actually do a lot in this match. A lot of it was in Arbor, um, but overall a really enjoyable match. I would like to see in Arbor do more stuff in Stardom, but obviously she's you know got commitments with other companies. She's a champion in Just Tap Out, so. I'm hoping that stardom are able to work something out because, as I've said on this podcast multiple times, Inaba is definitely a star for the future. Let's move on then to night five, which was Saturday the twelfth of November, twenty twenty-two, in Segai City Gymnasium, in front of three hundred and twenty-six people. Um, and we opened with the Goddess of Storm Tag League twenty twenty-two Blue Goddess match. My Himi moving to four points, defeating Wingori, who was still pointless. Um, with Himika pinning Sairida, stacking her up with a power bomb in eight minutes and forty. Eight seconds, serviceable enough opener, Matt, Um, I think it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that my Hemi, who we've both got as winning the tournament, were going to pick up a win here.
1: Yeah, well, you said Sai and Han are pointless. That was just mean. I don't think they're pointless. They don't have any <laughs> points, but they're not pointless. Come on, Rob, let's be positive. Here. This is your team. This is your team. You're all about. It. You're like, I yeah, am. Matt, you got Well, I'm all about winning You're like, Damn right. Yeah, um, yeah. This was this is really good. Obviously, you have three really hard hitters in there. With Mike and Himika and Sayaida, and then you have Hannah, who I thought like her offense in this match was really, really good. Obviously, she's the undersized person in this match, but she basically uses that judo background and uses Mike and Himika's own like weight and momentum against them to like kind of get her advantages and kind of get like breaks from the uh, onslaught of offense that has that is Miami. So I thought that was really, really cool how she you know weave that in into her offensive arsenal. Just another little quirk that makes Hanan just such a great wrestler at only the age of 18 blows my mind but yeah i mean it was serviceable great opener really solid opener less than nine minutes they got everything done and that concussion bomb on poor saida was just absolutely brutal i mean it looked like she her head got like like a basketball player dribbling a uh, basketball off the parquet floor it Looked like her head just bounced up twice uh solids finished great match i have this at three and a half stars and just a really really good opener
0: i had it at three and a quarter going back to that power bomb it looked for a moment like Himiko wasn't going to get all of it. Like when she initially got Sayarida up, it looked like she hadn't quite got it. And then obviously power kicked in and she was able to hoist her up and hit her with it. But um, I'll never not be impressed by, <laughs> by that power bomb, especially on someone who is, you know, Sayurida short. So it seems even more of a distance to fall um, but again might hear me looking strong as they march on in this tournament Wing Gory still without a point let's say it rather than pointless without
1: a point That's my man
0: <laughs> but I do wonder where that first point is coming from and who they are going to upset because you do get the impression that they are going to get a point you would have thought it would have come against 0-2 line but obviously 0-2 line got the win over them so I'm excited to see who they spoil or who they're able to go to a time limit draw and it stops them getting in to the final I'm intrigued well
1: I take it you you didn't watch any of the show on the 13th then no (laughs) you'll know as soon as you see it because Waka's in the match oh okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm not spoiling anything for you because they only because I yesterday I was like well I know we're going to review the show from the 13th so as soon as I got home from work I'm like yeah gotta gotta do some stuff for the podcast and i text you and i'm like hey man there's only three matches on this show where there's only three matches that are up i'm like oh i guess we're not you know so I, I watched them of course they were all great but yeah you won't as soon as i saw the graphic come up i was like oh okay that's where they'll get there so i'm not spoiling anything so but uh yeah um you can watch that later sir anyway
0: yeah saki's not getting another point in this tackle she <laughs> poor saki <laughs>
1: I was like, oh, you know, I might get like seven, eight points. I'm teaming with Mina. Mina's a hot topic right now. And she's got that white belt match coming up. And, yeah, you know, I'll, we'll get some points. And, like, yeah, you get walk. It's like, yeah, oh, okay. Well, at least you know she's not eating any pinfalls. So, you yeah. know, let's look, again, this, it's me. It's Mr. Positive here. Let's put the positive. It's like, all right, because you know, like, Mina may eat one fall, but, like, the rest of those falls, it was all on sake. At least all oh, yeah. Like, well, I know we're not going to win any, but I know I'm not going to be eating any falls.
0: Absolutely. She's going to be the strongest person in this tournament. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we move on then. Match two, another blue block match with BMI 2000 moving to six points, defeating O2 Line, obviously Miyu Amasaki and Azumi, who remain on two points uh, with Natsuki Toru, pinning Mio Amasaki with the Swanton Bomb in 9 minutes and 22 seconds. Big fan of the opening of this match with Ruwaka and Natsukatora hiding at the side of the stage and then beating up O2 line when they came out. Um, Mio Amasaki looked good, aside from one shaky-looking dropkick to the leg, but other than that, I thought all four women did really well. Natsukatora looked like an absolute brute, and we had that sort of tandem finish again, which I'm a fan of.
1: Yeah, um, I'm also a big fan. One of my favorite part in the match is uh, is Ruaka co- brings in the uh, evil suitcase brief briefcase thing, mm-hmm. lunchbox things that we hate, and it backfired. It backfired on him, and it, I bet on the falsy. Yeah, so, like, so did Tora I. Eat, Tori eats the e- eats it, and then uh, Miyu does that. Really, she needs to start winning matches with that that roll up where she does like almost like a pump handle O'Connor roll into like the Backland bridge. It's like so impressive, and she always hits it like right in the middle of the ring. And I'm a big fan of how her and Azumi have been working that in their matches where someone will have Miyu for like a waist lock, like she's going to eat a German suplex or something. She'll duck, but she'll keep wrist control. Azumi will hit that really awesome uh, high head kick. And then uh, uh, Miyu, she'll spin out, and then she'll keep the wrist control to do the pump handle. I would love to see them win some matches with that, but I bit really, really hard on the fallacy. But ultimately, yeah, BMI 2000, six points. So they're uh, they're on a roll. I don't I don't know if they had a pinfall loss yet because I know they lost their first match via disqualification to uh, Meen and Saki, who we just talked about. But I don't know if they've been pinned at all in this tournament.
0: Uh, no, not as of yet. They're on a three match, four match. If you include uh, the thirteenth, no spoilers. Um, but yeah, I do wonder if they will start losing points. I don't see them making the final, especially when you consider who they've got left in that tag league um, in their block. They've still got Micah and Himika left um, and I've, they've still got the new eras as well. So they've still got the two strongest teams. I do wonder if they'll start but again, do you know what? I'm happy with how strongly they've been booked. I'm happy they're winning matches properly instead of just getting DQ'd for no reason. I'm glad that was just a one-time thing. And again, you can weave in the narrative that that was because Mina had messed up Natsukatora's knee. Um, I was a big fan of in this match when Natsukatora uh, kicked out of a pinfall from Miu and Miu went straight for the knee and went straight into that really cool-looking knee bar. Um really, really cool transition into that. And again, that sort of shows that that improvement in Ring of Miyu Amasaki. Overall, you know, decent match, three and a quarter stars, Matt.
1: Yeah, same for me, three and a quarter stars, sir.
0: Uh, we move on to yet another blue block match. This time the new era's moving to three points, defeating the newly requisitioned Waka Wild, uh, who remain with two points, with Mirai getting the pinfall over, bless her, poor Wakasukihama with the Mirameir shock in nine minutes and forty six seconds. Waka took a lot of heat in this match, which obviously she's going to, unfortunately. But overall, I I really quite enjoyed this match.
1: Yeah, I thought this was really good. I was a big fan of, like, when the bell rang, Waka, like, wanted Ami. It's like, no, 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 you're the biggest person to match. I want it. She comes in like, really fast and has an advantage for, like, three, four seconds. And that advantage quickly goes away. I was like, oh, poor Waka. Like, just <laughs> taking a beating. And then, like, after Ami beats on her, then Mirai beats on her. And then, like, you know what? That's not enough. You beat on her. I beat on her. We need to beat on her together, which obviously is smart. You're trying to get, you know, the... uh the uh, former uh, number one contenders over in this tournament. So with more tag stuff, what I liked in this match is there was a ton of Mirai, which I thought, you know, no disrespect to the three, three ladies. I think Mirai is the best worker as far as what I like in wrestling between uh, everybody in the, in the match. So I thought there was a lot of Mirai, especially when they tag uh, Saki got tagged in. It was a really good exchanges with that, uh, with Saki and, Mirai. and Again, that's a, that's a match I would like to see somewhere down the line but ultimately rob I mean that's we're not fooling we're not fooling anybody we all know what the finish of this match is going to be and that's with poor waka looking up at the lights brother
0: yeah absolutely um it was a it's a serviceable match it's decent enough um new eras are going to have far more of a challenge in this tag league um I thought saki looked decent enough I think there's still a little few a few little chemistry problems between saki and waka which is absolutely to be expected considering whack has been inserted halfway through the tag league. Um, but it was, it was decent enough. Um, uh, new eras get the two points, which is incredibly important as they move up the tag league block. I gave it three and a quarter stars. That was three and a half. Um, let's move on then to match four. Our first red block match of the night. And it's our debut of peach rock in the tournament with my watani and Momo Kogo getting their first victory, moving to two points, defeating my fair lady who remain on zero, with Mayu pinning Lady C with the Dodon pa in seven minutes and thirty-nine seconds. And if I could sum up this match in a word, Matt, it would be fine. It was it was fine. I think all four women are going to have better matches. Nothing was bad in this match whatsoever. Um, There was a couple of entertaining moments, but overall it was solid, but nothing really stood out. I think, is that a fair assessment of this match?
1: Uh, I'm going to put, I I liked it a little bit. I'm going to assume I liked it more than you, I thought my and Lady C we talked about a few minutes earlier. All of a sudden, they're starting to gel. Not slowly gelling like how uh, like Tam and Arisa did in the twenty nineteen uh, Goddess of Stardom tournament, where like they're slowly kind of just getting better. They're just like, no, we're just there's going to be no heat with us. But like that was kind of like the like the B story to me, the A story. And I don't know why I was even shocked is how good Mayu and Momo work together. Like obviously we've seen them in the tag matches and six person and eight person. All you know, all year round, like whenever Mayu is in there doing some some uh, double team stuff or triple team stuff, I thought her and Momo Kogo and I'm a little bit older than you, Rob. But literally, as they got done with their first and second uh, sequence of double team moves, I wrote down they remind me of the first time I saw the Rockers together. They uh, just how fast they were how it was like, don't blink, don't take a breath, how they were just hitting one thing after another. Great timing. They were complimenting each other. They were using each other. They were using each other's singles moves to make the double-team moves look better. I was completely blown away. And I I don't even know why I'm surprised. One, it's Mayu, which is one of the greatest ever and one of the best wrestlers in the world today. And Momo Kogo is somebody that's improving with every outing. These two together were just absolutely fantastic. I mean, you take a look at this loaded... Uh, tournament, you know, obviously you have Meltier, you have uh, FWC, you have Momo and Starlight Kid, you have the New Errors, you have uh, Mahiemi. So, so you have all these great teams that you're kind of just looking at, and then it's like, oh man, like Mayu and Momo Kogo might be the team that absolutely steal the show in this tournament. For me, I thought Mayu and Momo completely. I had this match at three and a quarter stars, but I bumped it up a quarter star just for how much I loved how in sync Mayu and Momo were. I had three and a half stars and I'm just so, again, no disrespect to uh, my fair lady, but they're not going to be racking up a whole ton of points, but I'm really excited. This is kind of like, just kind of like, okay, this is what we're going to give you with, uh, with, uh, with, with peach rock or peach thunder, excuse me. And um, I did I have that right. Peach rock. It is peach rock. Yes. Okay. I was right the first time peach rock. So this is what we're giving you with peach rock. And just think about how much, how better the matches are going to be when they have, you know, better opponents. No disrespect to my uh to my fair lady but yeah i'm um, super excited to see what uh what mayu and momo are going to do as this tournament continues
0: i think maybe i've taken the chemistry between mayu and momo perhaps a little bit for granted um but you're absolutely right the chemistry between them is really really good and it's i wonder if it's a case of momo her wrestling style is incredibly similar to mayu's and you can see that she takes a lot of influence from the way she wrestles from Mayui Watani. And I do wonder if that's why they've got such a good chemistry, because they are so similar. But you're absolutely right. I think, especially as this is their first match in the tag league, they've still got, I think, five matches to go. I believe there's six in a block. Um, So... You know, I imagine we're going to see better matches, and you know, even better chemistry. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing them versus uh, Mafia Bella. That's going to be a really, really good match. Um, I gave it three stars. Again, it was it was fine, um, but you know, perhaps it needs another watch from me.
1: And Peach Thunder is the name of Momo Watanabe's nuclear finish. So I got that confused because there's another Momo in the match. go. that's what happens when you get hit in the head as many times as I do. (laughs) But I'll jumbled up in there.
0: (laughs) Um, Match five was our only non-tag league match of the night. It was a three-way tag team match with Meltier and Karate Brave and FWC ending in a 15-minute time limit draw. Matt as soon as I realized that all three of these teams were actual teams in the tag league, I knew we were going to a time limit draw. Of course,
1: of course. <laughs> and you're like three of the best teams here. Yeah. I mean, obviously Meltier is the champions FWC. They won this tournament last year and uh, maybe the stardom tag team of the year um, for 2021, uh, 2022 and Friday brave again, only been teaming just for a little bit and they're absolutely, uh, overachieving in every aspect so this was a damn good match despite the uh the the we, we know how this was going to finish so uh i the one thing i thought was funny is you had the the uh the koguma race was like early on in the match where everybody was like chasing after her and she was trying to get in the ring and the biggest badass in this company sherry was trying to block her from getting in the ring so Kaguma was like almost like a point guard trying to dribble in between two defenders to get to the basket. And here's Shuri, like Shaquille O'Neal, 7'3", trying to deny her from getting back (laughs) to the ring. I thought that was so hilarious. It was only for like a second or two. Like She went to the left, she went to the right, and then eventually Cogman just went all the way around to the other side of the ring was like, no, I'd rather run another 20 feet than have to not be stopped by Shuri. I thought that was great. Um, Really solid effort between all three teams. Uh, I mean, they did a really good job highlighting the double teams between all three teams and they they threw in a little bit of psychology and then of course we saw some really really good stuff with Hazuki and some uh, Hazuki and tam Mm. and then some really good stuff with Hazuki and sherry so uh, obviously a Hazuki sherry match is something that i definitely want to see somewhere down the future um and uh natsupoi uh did her job as per usual we knew this was going to happen is what was more all right let me i'm getting all over the place here what was more uh Telegraph the time limit draw, or the fact that you had all these you know what I'm gonna say, you have all yeah. these heavy hitters in this match that Natsupoy wasn't gonna get beat down, or did you just like we're gonna get both of them, we're gonna get a two for one deal on this? The one. only way
0: that this not- could have been worse was if they'd have put my himmy in as well and just watched them <laughs> lariat the hell out of her. Um, bless, bless Natsupoy. <laughs> Whenever I see her name on the run sheet now, I just assume she's going to get the absolute bejesus beaten out of her. Um, but. Yeah, it was it was a good match. I preferred the 15-minute time limit draw from the previous night, but that's just personal preference. This was still a really, really, really solid match. I think I enjoy the Koguma comedy stuff when she doesn't do it every single show, and she hasn't been. So when this happened, and obviously you've got Suri trying to block her and Koguma's dawning realisation that these people are catching me, but also don't really want to get into the ring with Suri. Um, I, I did enjoy that. Um, But yeah, overall, I gave it three and three quarter stars. It was a a good match. It was good to see all three teams get another outing to gel even more, especially Karate Brave, who going into this, the only team in that match that weren't a team prior. Um, And again, they don't seem out of place in this tag league, highlighting just how good Inaba is and how good the chemistry is between her and Suri. What did you give it, Matt?
1: And a three and a half stars. So you liked a little bit more than I did. And I did. So you you liked the Mel Tear match better than I did, folks. Maybe, maybe the uh the yin and the yang is it because I gave the live performance nineteen stars. And I think you only <laughs> gave it like two. So maybe that's maybe that's where we're making that up. I don't know. But uh yes a solid outing though.
0: I'm just evening out the odds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I'll say my main then. saw so more red block action from the tag league with Mafia Bella moving to six points, defeating the We Love Tokyo Sports team of and Death and Saki Kashima, um, who stay on two points, with Julia submitting Saki with the stealth viper in seven minutes on the nose. I so wish that Julia hadn't won the five star because I want Mafia Bella to win this tag league. Like We talk about chemistry, and obviously I know that there's a huge history between Tackler and Julia, but their chemistry as Mafia Bell, the fact that they come out in varying costumes and just look like utter badasses every time they go to the ring. Think about how Tekla was before the injury. Very over the top, very, you know, almost too into the matches at times. And here she's far more subdued and she looks like she would kick your ass at the drop of a hat. And I absolutely love it. I love their dynamic. I love their look. I love their chemistry. They're not winning the tag league, but that upsets me, Matt.
1: Yeah, really, really good match. Um, I was kind of hoping there maybe would have been a little bit more of again the, the ultimate. You have the uh, you know the, the winner of the biggest tournament of the year in Julia and a returning They're just looking absolutely badass against the two biggest spoilers in this company with roll ups on the same team. I thought they could have teased some roll ups a little bit more. I thought they could have teased the Kishikasai. They could have teased the O'Connor roll, and they really, really didn't. This was basically they were going to get their cheap heat in. Uh, Saki did some cool stuff. Fook and Death did some really cool stuff. She did the the Jinsei Sasaki Undertaker walk on all four corners, which I thought was super, super impressive. Especially with the fact she's in that makeup and that giant clown suit. Like, I just think that's just like the most athletic thing like ever. But then, like after that, it was just like Mafia Bella. I mean, I guess you are gonna get these these two over. um, You are gonna do it this way, just Mafia Bella and just basically kicking the crap out of them. And then Julia, is like, okay, that's enough. We're we're about almost seven minutes, and we walk in the Stealth Viper and let's uh, let's take it home. So. uh yeah, it served its purpose. I would have liked a little bit more false finishes between the away tie team because that's kind of the bread and butter. But uh, ultimately, just Julian Tecler just kicking ass. So I said three stars.
0: Yeah, I'm the same three stars. Um, absolutely right. Unfortunately, this was very much a sort of cookie cutter match. Um, I did You sort of put it in a nutshell, really. We love Tokyo sports. You expect them to beat the bigger teams with the roll-ups. They are those spoilers. And at no point did I think they were winning this match. And they weren't really given an opportunity to either. Um, you usually get, you know, one big sort of biting on a kick out. We didn't really get that here from uh, from either woman, which is a bit of a shame, but that is counteracted by the fact that it was won by with the stealth Viper, which is horrifically underused as a finisher. <sighs> Let's move on then to our main event, which was a red block match with Aphrodite moving on to four points, defeating Black Desire, who stay on one point with Utami pinning Momo with the hijack bomb in 30 minutes and 42 seconds. First of all, Matt, are you surprised at Black Desire's slow start to the tournament, and do you still see them as challengers?
1: Um. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, well, who do you beat? You we we were literally a week away. At, you know, when this match happened, a week away from these two being in two of the biggest matches of the year, in the semi-main and the main event of of uh, the Gold Rush. So it's like you, you know, you kind of can't beat them there. But you figure maybe they would have picked up a win or two beforehand. But I will say this, sir: between this match and again, I know you have not watched anything from the thirteenth. So uh, between this match and the first three matches from the thirteenth. This tournament went from good, like good, really good, to very good and excellent. Because I thought this match was absolutely unbelievable. And then wait till you see the next three matches of the the next day. I think this tournament, uh, from this point on, just stepped. And was by no means was it bad. Like I said, it was good to very good, and now it just went from very good to excellent. Because to me, this is the match to beat for the tournament. Um, I absolutely love this match. Uh, would would I be? I don't say wrong because it's just my opinion. But am I off my kilter here by by saying this, Rob, that as of right now, five nights into this tournament, that this is the match to beat?
0: Tournament-wise, I'd say there are very few that come close to it. Um, I don't think it's the best tag match of the year, but it's certainly match of the tournament or top three, definitely. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of a single one that beats it, um, but I have got a really bad memory. Um yeah, I, you look at who's in this match. Tommy and Momo have had really, really, really good singles matches. Sire and Starlight have had two really good matches this year. And again, that's, that chemistry paid off here as well. There was one ropey moment where Sire attempted the Ric Flair sort of flop over the corner, and it, it just did not work at all. She covered for it well in the end, but it was a moment where it was like, oh, go on, get over, it, go on. There there we go. Um, it sort of lost its, it lost its impact somewhat. But overall, I thought this match was really, really, really well wrestled. And obviously, Utami getting that sort of cathartic little pinfall over Momo after Momo turned her back on Queen's Quest was a nice touch. I do, it does feel like they are building Starlight Kid towards this white belt picture, despite the fact that she's already lost to Sayaka Amitani. It does feel like... Did am I am I just out of my mind or did it feel no. like they were building towards that again?
1: No, you're absolutely right, because at the very end Saya had the belt and then Starlight Kid put her foot on the belt and Saya paused just to make sure. You see how the corner of her eyes she wanted to make sure that the cameras and the photography got that photo. And then they kinda had a little banter. Cause again, and obviously we'll talk about it here soon, is not unless your opinion changed, but I think no me and you both have Saya retaining the belt um, this weekend over Kyrie, which makes you think, well, the, what's the match going to be? What's her match going to be at Dream Queendom? And maybe they run this this uh, Starlight Kid match back. Now, if you remember when Saya Kamatani uh, won the belt from Tam last year, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, you would know because you wrote a book about it, Living the Dream, starting <laughs> 10th anniversary in review. Saya halfway through Tam's run, uh, not even halfway, early on in the run, Saya challenged Tam for the belt and lost... And then she comes back and then wins it. So they may be doing this similar story with Starlight Kid there. Now, whether she'll win or not, I don't know. But it seems like there's unfinished business there. But this, this was, what was great, there was a lot of great about this match. First of all, the crowd absolutely loved it, which again, that's at the end of the day, the end of your match, that's what you want. Whether you hit the spots or not, whether you're off on something or not, if the crowd is into it, then that's that's your main goal when the, when the crowd when you take them on that emotional roller coaster and when you get the three count or the tap out or it start them time limit a draw, and the crowd is going as as hot as they are as they were in this one, that's what you want. But you had almost mini matches with uh, Utami versus Mo, uh, Momo, which was great, which again, that's the, the singles match that we've been waiting on for nearly a year nearly a year and hopefully they pull the trigger on on uh, dream queendom. Cause I just think that card is just going to be insane. And then you have, you know, the kind of like the rematch of one from one of the matches of the year with uh Sai and starlight kid. And then you have just like, the Uedotai team, you know, the evil team of, uh, of Momo and Starlight Kid really beating down Yutami. And then Sayakamitani comes in with basically a two-part move set that makes the save. She's the double her karana on Momo and Starlight Kid. They feed out to the outside, and then Sayakamitani does that picture-perfect springboard plancha, which then basically gives Utami enough time to kind of recuperate. And then Aphrodite, they go in there with their double-team moves and then ultimately leading to the uh, the, um, the the hijack bomb on Momo for the win. So you kind of almost have a tale of like three different matches sprinkled in there with some really good psychology, some nonstop action, and the really, really hot crowd. And again, this was a, what, not my tag match of the year. There might have been two or three better. But as far as this tournament goes, this is to me the match to be. I had this at four and a half stars. Absolutely loved it.
0: Wow. You liked it significantly more than me. <laughs> I like it. I put it as four stars, but I think at the moment it's my only tournament match to reach four stars. Um, The chemistry between the three, the four, as I've already mentioned, is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think the right team won as well. I'm just, I'm intrigued as to where Black Desire goes. I did have them as real contenders i think i had them winning the block actually so again rob's predictions coming to fruition once more um what a guy and, oh <laughs> mate honestly honestly if you want a nailed on pick just go with the opposite of whoever i pick um so
1: when uh when rob comes to the states and we have a hangout we're gonna go to the casino we're gonna go to roulette i'm gonna put a thousand dollars down i'm gonna like rob you know, red or black, whatever he says, I'm going the opposite. Always, you're gonna make me always. A, you're going to make me a rich man. buddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, just quickly then, obviously we are missing a day um, in terms of night six, but at the moment in terms of tournament block standings um, at the top of red block are Aphrodite, who currently sit on eight points again, spoilers for um, Night 6. If you don't want to listen, just skip ahead a couple of minutes. Um, we have two matches at Night 6 too. They do. They do. So they win both of them. Spoilers. Um, And uh, Mafia Bella are two points behind in second. Um, Aphrodite have still got Meltier, Mafia Bella and Karate Brave to Jeez. face.
1: <laughs> crime and Eats. I love this company. Oh my god. So, I like wrestling real a lot, Rob. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um in terms of blue block, at the top of the block is Natsukatora and Ruaka with 8 points. They've only got two matches left. They've got the New Eras and 7-Up, the team of Nene Takahashi and Yu. Um, and they're well ahead. Um, in second place, quite a bit back, are two teams with four points, which is FWC and Micah and Himika. Um, Micah and Himika, have, they've still got FWC to face. They've still got O2 Line. Um, they've still got uh, Wacky, Wakasuki Armor and um, Saki. I can't remember what they're called. Them. Oh, no, Wacky they changed...
1: Wild. They changed their name to automatic two points for the other team. I think
0: that's the name of the team. So rude. How dare I? (laughs) And then they've also got seven up as well. Um, So FWC have still got Wingori, MyHimi, the new eras. I think it would be an interesting story beat if it's Wingori that stop FWC getting through because obviously they're stars teams and obviously this happened with uh, Sayurida and Hazuki in the five star so yes, little interesting story beat there. So I mean, at the moment, May Sakurai and Lady C are still without a point. Um they've still got four matches left. Um and we've got who else is in with a shot? Uh Meltier are currently at four points, but they've only had three matches so far, so they've still got a good chance of getting through as well. And then obviously the new eras are at three and did
1: Meltier get bonus points for their concert? Like, did they get bonus points in the tournament for that? Because if that's what
0: it really, is, just give them the trophy. Well, actually, what happened was they were given five extra points, but then because Tam can't sing, uh, they oh, took them oh, off again. Oh, shut
1: it down. <laughs> shut this down. <laughs> oh, my God. Your, your, your feed must have been out of buffer. That's <laughs> I <laughs>
0: Um, so obviously we have got two huge pay-per-views on the horizon back to back the 19th we'll see gold rush and then of course the historic crossover show which will be taking place on the 20th pardon me of november so We're going to do a little bit of a preview show of these now, literally giving our predictions, what we think is going to happen and things like that. And then I'll sort of run through when um, in terms of scheduling, when our reviews for these are going to go up. So we'll start with Gold Rush. Um, Let me just run through the card really quickly, and then we'll talk about some of the matches and talk about our predictions moving forward. Um, So we've got a three-way tag uh, with Lady C- Lady C and Miyu Amasaki taking on Sayurida and Momokogo and then BMI 2000. We've then got two Goddess of Stardom Tag League matches. We've got Black Desire versus We Love Tokyo Sports and we've got My Himmy and 7UP. Um, then, we, of course, we've got the Moneyball Championship match. So it's a tournament. We have got the DDM team of May Sakurai, Julia, and Tekla taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Tam, Natsupoi and Waka. And then on the other side of the bracket, we have got the Stars team of Mayu, Hazuki, and Kogama taking on the God's Eye team of Tomoko Nanaba, Mirai, and Amisori. Um, and then we've got the final, which is a tables ladder, and Chairs Moneyball match, which that's just going to be absolute chaos. And we'll go through who we think is going to win and who we think is going to win the 10 million yen. Um, we've then got a high-speed match uh, between Azumi. and... And Momoka Hanazona, who's a 22-year-old freelancer who has worked in Oz Academy. Um, she's their current Pioneer Champion as well, and she's also wrestled in Kaliga Pro Wrestling. And then our two main matches. What a pair of matches we've got headlining this pay-per-view. Sayaka Matani versus Kairi for the Wonder of Stardom Championship, and then for the World of Stardom Championship, the rematch of the feud of the year last year, Suri versus Utami Hayashista for the World of Stardom Championship. Um, Let's start with the sort of tournament that is going to be the backbone of this pay-per-view. So uh, we start, Matt, with DDM versus Cosmic Angels. Who do you see winning that match and progressing to the TLC match?
1: I think it's got to be DDM. I think had Mina not got hurt, I think that this whole thing was built for the Cosmic Angels to win the whole thing but it's kind of like the inside gimmick for waka to keep losing however if you're going to give waka her first win maybe you do it here and then maybe you have her grab the money ball thing oh at the stop
0: end. it that would be lo- oh, oh my goodness oh, oh that'll be lovely i didn't even
1: think about it until like it literally just came it came into my head that's a real possibility we talked about her probably getting her first win uh at dream queendom but what if you're just like, no, we're going to double down. We're going to have her get a win here and then have her grab the – wow, what a better way to get Waka over that one little hump that she can't get over because she's great in every aspect except for that big goose egg she has on the left of her of her record. Man, maybe I just talked myself out of this. But I guess uh, to be like the sure bet, uh, DDM, but maybe – oh, boy. Oh, man. I just put stuff in your head,
0: didn't I? Oh man, don't don't do this to me. <laughs>
1: oh. I was uh, <laughs> Rob's, gonna be... Rob's gonna hurt his foot. gonna hurt his foot again. Folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I'm doing the dance now. Um, oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a TLC match in the final. Why would you not want to see Natsa play in that? And obviously, Tam is at, you know she's had experience in death matches. I think she'd be great in a TLC match. Um, to have that team of Cosmic Angels, and then whoever they face in the final, just for the record, I think it's going to be stars, to face off in that TLC match, everyone be down in the ring and Wacker be the one to get that money ball. Oh, my God. What a story. What a
1: story. And you're going to have so many people watching this show. Just remember how many different people have flown in all over the world for the New Japan Stardom show. So a lot of people are going to be going to this. The pay-per-view buy is going to be really high just based on the uh, the two main events. So maybe that's where you give Waka her ultimate feel-good moment. Oh, man, folks. Wow, might be Waka-mania next week
0: here. Waka-mania running wild. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> running co-wild, am I right? <laughs>
1: oh, oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> <hell>. I'm standing <laughs> on, <off>, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Devon, <Ralph
0: Gowen. laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> i i honestly do think now damn you matt turner i i do believe that that could be such a great story Be i mean the the decent money is on ddm you you've got julia you've got Tecla, and obviously they're building May sakurai up but i just i can't not think about natsupoy on a ladder I just think that would be, you know, she proved last year that she's willing to do completely ridiculous stuff off a ladder as is Mayu, which is why I think they're getting through to the final as well. Spoiler, but I just, Oh, that would be an incredible, I'm going, I'm, do you know what? I'm going for it. Whacker. Yeah. Whacker.
1: Whacker to win.
0: Um, So yeah, you've got DDM. I've got cosmic angels. I, I, I can't tell if this is a clever poi ploy from you, Matt. A clever ploy. <laughs> um, clever and
1: Matt don't go. Clever and Matt Turner usually don't go together. It,
0: so. <laughs> um, and then on the other side of the bracket, obviously we've got the stars team of Mayu Hazuki and Koguma taking on uh, Tamoka Inaba, Mirai, and Amisori. Much as I love, especially the new eras, um, and uh, you know, much as I love what I've seen of Inaba, I just feel like a TLC match is. It's far more stars. You know, you look at those three. Mayu, even though they're going to have to try and protect her because she's got the biggest match potentially of her career uh, the next night... Um so yes, I am putting Mayu in a TLC match the nights before she takes on Kyrie. Um but I do think that in the stars main win event. that in the main event, <laughs> yes, of a new <laughs> Japan show. The first that's women to o- main event a new <laughs> Japan show. And I've got that's her got doing Okada
1: the Great that's okay, <laughs> Okada the Great Muda on it. Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Yeah, and I've got Mayu doing stupid shit off a ladder. Um I it wouldn't surprise me if stars went through. Um even if Mayu doesn't do a great deal, you've still got and you've still got Hazuki. Um, I'm, I'm plumping for stars, personally. What about you, Matt?
1: To your point, I really, really do. I do, and I understand you can kind of keep Mayu to do like one or two things, but at the same time, you want Mayu to do one or two things. You know what I mean? Because if she gets hurt, those boosty road people are going to be all over the brass over at stardom do you really take your chance with that It'd be one thing if like this was the main event or this was like the show was being built around but obviously you have the three title matches especially the last two that you're really that's what you're really making your money on so to so the shock of everybody including me rob i'm gonna disagree with you on this one i'm gonna what? have the god's eye team going up against ddm in the uh, the money
0: match Oh wow, so we're completely different for this then. I'm
1: completely different, yes, sir.
0: Okay, that's absolutely fine. Um you're all wrong. Right. You're wrong, but that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Yeah. It's
1: like me being at home. You know, I'm, used
0: to it. I'm not home, it's just easier. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> you my credit card, Where do you want? To leave me alone.
0: <laughs> um, so that leaves us to the final. Obviously, I've got stars taking on cosmic angels in the TLC match. You've got DDM versus God's eye. You've managed to talk me somehow into Waka without a single victory in the last 18 months, winning this huge match. So do you know what? I'm going for that. Go all in. Yeah, Cosmic Angels to beat Stars, man. What about you?
1: I am going to go with, um, just because I just don't see Julia winning anything else big again, not because she doesn't need it. So I think just out of process of elimination, I think it's going to be the God's Eye team. Winning the whole thing.
0: You think it's going to be God's eye? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Let's move on to the title matches then. So I think we're both. I've, I've seen very, very little, if anything of Momoka Hanazona, but obviously with her being a freelancer, I don't see her taking the belt off Azumi, especially as Azumi's is very close to the record of combined title defenses. I do I, I don't see her dropping the belt anyway, but I don't see her dropping it to a freelancer, Matt. Is that just me?
1: No, I'm with you. And I've never seen anybody. I've never seen uh, I have seen very little of uh of Azumi's opponent. And um by all means folks, if you listen to this on a Friday, the pay-per-view is uh Saturday morning. Send us some links, send us some YouTube stuff, let us, you know, so this way we can get kind of get more familiar. Um, but uh, I think this match is gonna be great because the last time Azumi wrestled a freelancer for really the high-speed belt was, uh, Mesa Ruga. And that to me was the best, uh, Azumi title defense, um, since she's won the belt, in my opinion. So I'm excited to see what she's going to do here. And it's really nice to see when you have like the three big titles back to back to back to close the show, because I think Sherry, uh, Sai and Azumi that, that one, three punch that stardom has this year going out of their pay per view just, just basically just turns their pay-per-views into another level that no other wrestling company, in my opinion, can compete on. So, uh, I'm excited to see it, but if you want my prediction, me and you will agree, sir, the high-speed bomb girl will be retaining.
0: Okay, so let's move on to our two main events. And I think it's fair to say that these are of equal standing. Sayaka versus Kairi for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Um, Matt, talk me through it.
1: Well, sir, I mean... A lot of people think that, they don't think Kyrie's eating two pinfalls. They think she's coming out of here with one or two belts. I just think, I think it's got to be Sai Kamatani. I think either that or you have, you do a time limit draw here and then you run it back at Dream Queendom. Because again, what match is going to be bigger? You want to put your biggest match, your biggest matches on that show. That's your WrestleMania. That's your Wrestle Kingdom. That's your Super Bowl. So it's like, what's gonna be bigger than Saya versus Kyrie? I thought they would have held this off for Dream Queendom, but maybe they do a time limit draw and they run it back or Kyrie wins. I mean, Sidem never does this. Maybe Kyrie wins the belt and Saya, because she's on this all-time reign, gets an automatic rematch and then wins the belt back at Dream Queen. That's a possibility they can go with because they've never done it before. But I, I'm just gonna say I think I think it's Saya Kamatani. I re- and a lot of people are disagreeing with me. Well, uh, I I think Saya's is win- I wouldn't be shocked if it's Kyrie, but I just think it would mean more for Kyrie to put Saya over, um, really putting the stamp of approval on everything
0: behind Saya Kamitani. I see your point. I think it's Kyrie. I I am I'm sixty forty on whether it is going to be a time limit draw or Kyrie wins because she I don't feel like she's winning the IWGP Women's Championship. Oh but, look
1: who's came over to him, <laughs> Mayu I'm
0: we'll sorry, <laughs> the SWA tile isn't part of it anymore, so it negates my argument. Um, if you look at the promo that Kyrie cut during the press conference like proper, almost heelish. And I think you've bought Kyrie back as this icon, this special attraction. To then lose back to back, I just, I don't think, I I think there's better ways to do it. I think if Kyrie wins the belt here, and then you start this storyline of Sire, you know, desperate to beat Kyrie, you know, it's always been Sire and Kyrie. Wouldn't that be a, a more cathartic moment than to see Sire win it back from Kyrie in a couple of months' time? I just I wouldn't be disappointed if Sire captures it, uh, sorry, keeps it. I definitely wouldn't be. But I just, there's something about this matchup that tells me uh, I don't see Kyrie losing back to back on back to back nights as well. I just I just don't see it. She's winning one of the nights and my heart and my head are telling me she doesn't win a historic crossover. It has to be Mayu. So, I'm going... I'm going for a time limit draw. No. I'm going for a time limit draw. I just... The more I've thought about it, the more I don't see Saya dropping it, but it's... It's more I don't see Kyrie losing than I don't see Saya dropping it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna literally sit on the fence. I'm gonna call it a time limit draw. Um, yeah, here's
1: another thing too, Robin. We we touched on base on it a little bit uh, a few weeks ago with that Mina, with that match and that Mina promo. We barely talked about the Mina promo. My opinion, the greatest promo in the history of Stardom, the the one uh, backstage. You have lightning in a bottle, and mm. you have a big superstar when Mina comes back, and the whole thing is she wants that white belt. But then, oh, geez, I might be talking myself out of it. So, I, I mean, they got to put the white belt on Mina sometime in 2023. But does it mean more to beat Sayaka Kamatani Or does it mean more to beat Kyrie? Oh, there's a crux in it, too. Mm. So, I uh, I think it would may, maybe mean more to beat what is maybe the greatest white belt champion of all time in mm-hmm. Sayaka Kamatani. But I don't know. I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs here, so... That is obviously the match that maybe again, I've watched every and I think you have as well. I watched every stardom match this year. This is the hardest match going into to predict. As as it was going into stardom X stardom as well. The match was originally supposed to happen. But now it's even harder to pick because she has if Kyrie did let me ask you this, if Kyrie did not have this match with Mayu, say Kyrie wasn't in the tournament and it was Mayu versus Tony Storm. I'm just throwing it out there. And Kyrie wasn't even on that card at all. Would you think Kyrie's winning the belt? Or are you just leaning towards it because you don't think Kyrie's dropping two matches back to back?
0: So if Kyrie hadn't have made it through to the final in the story crossover, yeah yes, I would or hope. she was would win it, yeah because okay. so- beating Kyrie cements saya's legacy, and I feel like at twenty four that's a huge thing. Kyrie however old she is, I think she's early thirties can do a lot of good for other wrestlers with who she loses to. And I think losing to Saya to cement Saya's legacy with this white belt could be huge for Sire. I just don't see Kyrie losing back to back. And that's that's the big thing I can't get him at, you know, out of my head while I'm thinking about this match.
1: Yeah, well, we will find out. We will find out in about 24 hours after this episode drops. And I'm super excited for it
0: absolutely and that brings us to our main event which is going to be a fantastic match but will be decidedly easier to call um and it's Suri versus Utami act three or act four if you can five act five if you uh think about their five star matches um for the world of stardom belt um it's it's got to be Suri, matt
1: um, you know who I think? Well, I agree, but not all the way. You know who really wins this match? We do. The fans. We do absolutely, I mean...
0: <laughs> absolutely. We do.
1: If I'm Rossi Ogawa, I do a big middle finger. I think you do the co-main event time limit draw. You do this time limit draw.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine two back-to-back time limit draws. Imagine. Uh...
1: And then you find out that in the uh, the Money Ball, it's not money; it's actually a money in the bank cash in contract. And Waka. <laughs> why you're gonna you want Waka to get a win? Waka <laughs> cashes in and be Sherry for the belt. Uh, anywho, folks, uh, yes, uh, Sherry's gonna win this match, but it's going to be another just phenomenal match uh, in these two. And this is like very much like Okada and Tanahashi, where it's just like you can put these two together at any time, and no one's ever gonna get sick of it. But we have a completely different wrinkle in this match because this is the first time that Sherry's going in as uh, champion, and Utami's the uh, the challenger. And not only that, but this is the first time Utami is going to any of their matches as the uh, the leader of a queen's quest. Mm-hmm. So you have the the two uh, the two um, faction leaders as well. So uh, that adds just a little bit more wrinkle to it. But yeah, I think Sherry's going to win. And I think Sherry's going to win like the final, very much like how Utami won their five star match. The final, like one or two seconds, I think Sherry wins this just as the time limit's going to expire.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think Suri needs to beat Utami decisively as well. Um, I don't want another time limit draw. That was what you know. It was a special moment that match at Tokyo Dream. I don't think we need to replay that. Make it go 40 no, minutes. Don't care. Make it go 50. Make it go an hour. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Give it a d- you're
1: got to roll, buddy. You're, <laughs> on, you're, you're coming up there, my man. You're firing up. Rob-a-mania. That's what, that's what we
0: need. <laughs> I mean, we know it's going to be an awesome match, so give them time. Um, It's unfortunate that obviously it comes at a time where we know that Siri's going to win because obviously the big money match going into Dream Queendom is the Suri and Julia rematch. Um, But that's not going to affect the match quality the match quality is still going to be outstanding um let's move on then to uh, somehow this isn't the main event of the weekend because on the 20th of November we have historic crossover the first co-promoted show between stardom and new japan the full card has been announced which matt ran down last week um we're going to preview the stardom matches, but I will run through the entire card in a moment with the New Japan matches because we do have some tasty New Japan matchups as well. Um, let's start with the pre show an eight man tag team match with Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, Gabriel Kidd, and Kevin Knight taking on Kosai Vegeta, Oscar Lube, Ryohei Oiwa, and Yuto yeah, Nakashima. I mean,. I I can only think that that has gone perfectly, guys. So uh, if I've got that wrong, please tell me. Um, There is also a pre-show Stardom Rumble, which we will be talking about in a minute. Um, The main card, I believe, is going to open with an eight-man tag team match, the Chaos Team of Leo Rush, Tomohiro Ishii, Yo, and Yoshihashi, taking on the House of Torture, Dick Togo, Evil Show, and Yujiro Takahashi. Um, We've then got the first Stardom Match, the six-woman tag team match, Queen's Quest Team of Azumi, Lady C, and Sai, Kamatani taking on the Donna Del Mondo team of Himek May Sakurai and Tekla. We have got a mixed tag match with Suri and Tom Lawler taking on Zack Sabre Julia, which is just the greatest tag team oh, name ever. Name. Yeah. Um we then move on to our uh mixed eight uh eight person tag match with Black Desire, Momo Watson and Starlight Kid And Duki and El Desperado taking on the meltier team of Nats Nats Point and Tam Nakano and Taichi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. That's going to be loads of fun i've seen the training videos it's going to be hilarious uh we've got a mixed tag team match um between two of possibly the greatest pieces of merchandise i've ever seen um the t-shirts that hiroshi tanahashi and Utami, and the team of goto and micah goto micas especially if they sell that shirt jesus christ it needs to be bought immediately
1: we can't get any of these shirts oh my goodness <laughs> Oh, we're gonna have to save it for a later time because i know i texted yesterday the stardom merchandise moves like ECW merchandise in 96, 97. Oh my goodness.
0: Oh no, it really oh does. My you,
1: you, you, yeah, if you if folks, it, it, i don't mean to go on a tangent. I apologize for cutting you off, Rob, but like literally if there's something that you see that you want, you go and get it. Like I wanted to get this the new stardom hoodie. Two days later I went to go get it. Every size was sold out. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. Like the way their merchandise is moving. It's crazy. So yeah, I'm literally on that uh stardom uh, uh website. For the T-shirts, because I want the Utami, I want the uh, the Yutami, uh Tanahashi, the Goto, Maika one. And then they released one with like five or six people from Starbunner, five or six people from uh, from New Japan and like this cartoon style on the Japanese website, every size
0: except for small, medium, sold out in six hours. You could shed some muscle, mate. You could get into a small. Then do yourself down. Are you kidding me? you seeing these arms <laughs> and these shoulders, brother? That's an upper body business, brother. you Are kidding me? <laughs> i must admit actually as well while we're on the point of merch starlight kid and el desperado released a joint shirt as well and that looks really cool as well hold so- out. Yeah, of course it is. is. Told down two (laughs)
1: days. Unbelievable.
0: Um, But yeah, mixed tag team match Hiroshi Tanahashi and Yutami Hayashista taking on Hiroki Goto and Micah. Uh, We've then got a 10 man tag team match LIJ team of Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, Sonada, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito versus the United Empire team of Francesco Akira, Gideon Gray, Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis, and TJP. Six man tag team match follows that with the chaos team of Kazuchika Okada and Torriano and the Great Muta. The Great Muta is on this show. Versus unbelievable. Unbelievable. Versus the United Empire team of Aaron Hanare, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. I'm just happy the Great O'Connor's on this show. Um, in your semi-main event, it's an IWGP United States heavyweight title match between Will Osprey and Shota Umino, who had a fantastic singles match at Royal Quest, which I was privy to, which ended with what looked like an injury to Shota, to his neck. So I'm hoping he's considerably better because that's be going to be a very exciting match. And then, finally, your main event, as it should be, the vacant IWGP Women's Championship, the inaugural champion will be crowned. It's Mayu Iwatani versus Kyrie in the final, in the main event. Um, I did see something saying Kyrie was the first woman to main event a WWE and a New Japan pay-per-view, which, you know, is incredible. But also, there's only been one, well, two people who ever... Headlined a New Japan show as a woman, so yeah. But even so, a cool accolade. I will just say before we sort of give our predictions that at One Up Culture has written an incredible piece on the history between Mayu and Kyrie. So if you get five ten minutes before Sunday's show, I actively encourage you. It's um, it's been retweeted by the at WrestleIn twitter page as well so it's on wrestling.com go and check it out because it does add a significant amount of depth to this feud between mayu who has stuck around with stardom through thick and thin and then kairi who went to go and get glory and fame and then has come back as this icon so it does add an extra layer to that and i do encourage you to go and check that out So, Matt, let's run down this card. We'll just predict the Stardom ones um, just because I'm conscious of people's time. So let's start with the Stardom Rambo. So what I've done is I've made a list of people who aren't on the card as is, um, and I'm sure they might have some... Guests as well. Um, but these are the people that I could think of No Mio, Amasaki, Hina, Rina, Natsukatoro, Saki Kashima, Amisori, Mirai, Hazuki, Kogama, Saya Ida, Momokoga, Wakasukiyama, Ruwaka, Saki, which again might be or might not be with her being part of colours, Hanan, Fukikin Death, and then maybe Yunagi? Maybe Mina? I don't know. Um, they're the ones that immediately jumped out to me. I'm sure there are others as well that I've missed out. But who do you see winning the pre-show stardom Rambo, and why is it Waka Tsukiyama?
1: Oh, my goodness. I was going to say Waka. I was, <laughs> we're really crowning her. I would say Waka as the joke. But, again, there's a lot of um, inter- interwining stories you're going to have on this card because, again, you're going to see how many thousands of people are going to be in the building and how many more are going to be watching on pay-per-view. But uh, I'm going to say it's going to be Marai. I just based on she won the Cinderella And when she wins it, you could be like, oh, you know, Kevin, our friend, friend of the show, Kevin Kelly. um, (laughs) Hello, Kevin. Yes. How are you doing, sir? Uh, Safe travels back from Japan. He can very easily say, you know, Mariah, not only did she win this uh, this Rumble, she also won this year's Cinderella tournament, which you can watch on Stardom World. And it's basically like a free commercial for Stardom World. She'd be like, oh, I like this Mariah. She was pretty good. What what other big things did she win this year? And uh, boom, right there, you can insert it there that she won the Cinderella tournament. So that is the reason why I am picking Mirai to win the, the Rumble, Rambo, whatever you want to call it.
0: Um, I'm going to go with um, Kogum. Oh, there um, you go. I mean, I was
1: runner up, runner up up of the Cinderella tournament.
0: Absolutely. Why not? Um, I just, I I think it's, it's going to be a comedy thing. I don't think for a moment it's going to be taken seriously, especially as it's a pre-show thing. It's not on the main card. Why not give it to Kogama? Kogama's done really well this year um comedy is definitely her bag as well, so yeah stick stick it on her. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be of you know hugely significant um importance. I don't think she's gonna be cashing in this opportunity at the end of the show um but well, I suppose she might do who knows but um yeah i I think it's going to be it's gonna be one of Kogama and Hazuki personally for me um, but we'll see. Um, let's move on to the first all-stardom match, which is a six-woman tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C, and Sam, Sayakamitani taking on the Donna Delmondo team of Himika, May Sakurai, and Tekla. Matt, who do you have and why?
1: Sayakamitani, Phoenix Splash onto uh, May Sakurai or Tekla for the win. You want to highlight Sayakamitani. Regardless of what happens the night before with her and Kairi, you want to you put your uh, you put a lot of chips or eggs into the Sai Kamatani basket for this year, and you've hit home run after home run after home run. So I think that's where you go here on this big show.
0: I agree completely. Agree completely. Sai Kamatani gets Boom. The win. Boom, go us. Um, mixed tag team match then. Surian Tom Lawler taking on Zach Saber Julia. Um, I'd be happy with either team winning this, if I'm perfectly honest, but I do think that it will be Suri and Tom Lawler Um, for, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you want to highlight your biggest champion, which is Suri. Um Tom Lawler, huge Stardom fan. So the fact that he's part of the Stardom card, I imagine is a big, you know, a really cool thing for him. I'd like to see him highlighted with a victory here.
1: Uh, I see your point there, sir, but I disagree. You're not going to beat Sherry. You're not beating Julia. You're not beating Zack Sabre Jr. because he is in the finals of the TV uh, tournament against Ren Narita, and that finals is taking place at the Tokyo Dome. So I don't think you're beating Zack Sabre Jr. on the way to the Tokyo Dome. I guess you can, but I think the most importantly thing for this match, uh, Rob, for the Stardom fans that mean you are, is this is going to serve as a free commercial for your main event for uh, Dream Queendom. And you're going to think it a lot. I think if you have some really good showing between Shuri and Julia, which I mean, come on. How can you not? Like You have some really good sequences with the the two of them and having a real intense stare down at the end of the match with Shiri holding up the belt and Julia kind of just looking off to the side. That's the picture you want that's going to catapult more buys and more tickets for Dream Queendom. So I think outside, if you're Stardom, the Stardom Brass outside of obviously the main event, this is your big focal point going into this show uh, yeah. Sunday night, Sunday morning, you know, whenever, depending on your time zone is you need to have a really, really good showing with these two and really put the emphasis on like, Hey, this is your main event at your biggest show coming up in about five weeks time.
0: Assuming Shuri beats you Tommy. Well, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you me Imagine, wins, and oh all of goodness. that spiel just goes out of the window. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> Let's go to the mixed eight wo- uh, eight person tag. keep saying eight woman now. Um, and it is Black Design Momo, watanabe and Starlight Kid, Duki, and El Desperado, and the team of Melty and that's Point Tam Nakano and taichi and Yoshinobu Kanamaru. Do we think Melty and Suzuki Goon are winning this?
1: Yeah. Again, you're you're highlighting your biggest stars, and and as much as I love Momo and Starlight Kid. You, Tam Nakano, not support are huge, huge stars. So I think that's where you're going. You don't necessarily need to beat Momo or Starlight like Kid. It could come from, uh, it could come from the the male portion of the match. I, I don't know, but obviously, and here's something else too. As you've been seeing a lot more training videos and a lot more, lot more online
0: videos with yeah, the Suzuki-Gun
1: and Meltair. And so I think that's the way you're going. I think that's more, maybe one of the easier matches to pick, mm-hmm. which uh, if Rob agrees with me that it's the easiest match to pick, bet on the opposite
0: side, folks. Yeah, absolutely. So Momo and Starlight hit are winning this. Um, <laughs> what I will say is that obviously that's meltier entrance. Um uh, you know in the oh
1: my god in front oh, of that ten thousand people
0: in ariaki Arena is going to be oh. pretty damn cool. Um, you know, again we've both mentioned that it's not quite our bag. It's still going to be an awesome entrance. It's still going to be incredibly flashy. Um, and I do think that they'll do that and win. Um, I think it'd be extremely anticlimactic if you've got this extremely showy entrance and then you beat them in five minutes. Um. We've then got the mixed tag match, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Yutami Hayashista, um taking on Hiroki Goto and Maika. Um, Bless him, but Hiroki Goto is not winning this. It is the team of Tanahashi and Utami, 1,000%. I'm not gonna say
1: one thousand percent, maybe nine hundred and ninety-nine percent, but not one thousand. <laughs> yeah, uh again, big show. I think this is one the uh not not Paul White big show, but big show. I think you know you have the ace, go ace. I think it's gonna be Tanahashi pinning Goto with the high fly flow to end this one. But yes, uh, once again, sir, I agree with you. So that means bet the opposite side, folks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Goto is he always seems to stumble at the final hurdle and I like goto. I really do. Um, but-
1: kind of like Micah too. Like they're kind of like one in the same where they get, you know, you can put them in title matches and they're going to be awesome, but you know that they're never winning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which is unfortunate. I do think by the way, in a couple of years, Micah will get rid of that yeah, monkey. I agree. Um, I agree. But, Yeah, Hiroki Goto. That monkey has not only been on his shoulder for a while, it has moved in, it has built a house, it's built a colony on that poor man's shoulders. And I'm, yeah, I love Goto (laughs) I love Goto, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, the main event, the most important match of the night, Mayu Iwatani versus Kairi, irrelevant of who wins this. It's going to be a sensational match. It's going to be the best match for Kairi since she's come back. I just, I, there's such a huge amount of expectation surrounding this match. There's no way it's gonna disappoint. Um, I think you have to end this show with the current icon of stardom, the the person that you are building this promotion around that has been there for the entirety of its of its run. It has to be Mayu. Yes, Kyrie brings more eyes. I completely agree with that. And Kyrie is more of a mainstream draw. But if you are building stardom, you build it around the icon that never left. Not the icon that came back. Mayu has been through everything with stardom, through the highs, the lows, and now its astronomical rise to the point where they're doing shows with New Japan and you know, you've got women main yeah. eventing in New Japan um pay per view. Mayu has been there for everything, has won everything there is to win that she's been able to win. I just feel like this is her moment. You need to give her this crowning moment.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm gonna ask you what might be the hardest question that I've ever, and there's no wrong answer. What maybe the hardest question that I've been part of this podcast for the last year or so? What is the better match for Kyrie against Kamatani, the wrestler of the year? or Mayu, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, still at the top of her game. Mayu. Where do you... you oh, wow, you didn't even have to think about that.
0: No, I think... I, much I think that... I don't Saki, want to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> much I think that Saki... Uh, Saki. Kyrie and uh, Sayat will have a great match, and I think there's, there's, there's a good story there. These two women have been entwined together as part of freedom. You know, they've won the... Um, artists have started championships together. They go back all the way to 2013. There's a lot of history there. And then you add the history of this, just those couple of promos where Mayu has said, you know what, you went away and became an icon. I stayed here for five years and, you know, helped this company. I just, I feel like there's more of a palpable story. Just from a story aspect, I feel like this match is more exciting. I mean, it's 1A and 1B, don't get me wrong. But I feel like this this is the main event of the weekend for me. This one,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, again, that's it. I'm excited when we do the reviews, and we're reviewing them separate. Obviously, next week we're doing the review of the uh, the show from the 13th, and then we'll be doing the Gold Rush, and then uh, well, no, and then yeah, the day two, a couple days after, we'll be doing our review of this show with Karen Peterson, who is in Japan. Right now as we speak, so that will be exciting. But I'm going to go on on a limb here, Mr. Goodwin, and I'm going to say that by the end of this night, you obviously have this historic show, you know, the great Muda coming back to uh, to New Japan. You have all these mixed tag matches. You're going to have probably about 10,000 people there. You're going to see so many eyes on Stardom. This is going to be such a great vehicle to show the world what me and you and so many of our, the friends and family of the Stardom cast have known for a long time of just how great this company is. But I think after Mayu gets the belt, I think someone's gonna come out and you're gonna set up your Tokyo Dome IWGP match. I don't know who it's gonna be. There's been some rumors flying around, some people doing some dream booking, some fingers crossing, but I would not be shocked that by the end of this night you have your Tokyo Dome IWGP match set in stone for the fourth of January. Completely what a, agree with what a great way. What a great way to slingshot that right in we crowned our first champion we've already made the announcement our first title defense it's not happening at dream queendom it's not happening at Corken hall uh it's not happening at backlash uh, it's not happening at king of the ring it's not even happening on wcw uh thursday night thunder um <laughs> but but it is it is going to be happening at the tokyo dome um and what better way to have your first women's championship match and i don't know how many years than uh you know on that january 4th show to um or really the first one ever at Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, to kind of start start the vehicle, you know, right there. So uh, I think not only are going to see a great show, we're going to see a great main event, we're going to see a lot more eyes on the product uh, of stardom, but I think you're going to have a really, really cool surprise at the end of the show.
0: Absolutely. Wakasukiama coming out. Oh, my goodness. In <laughs> the money ball in the bank on Mayu Iwatari.
1: <laughs> and then after she beats Sherry on the way, to, and you do title for title... And it's just a complete Goldberg-style squash. Absolutely, hashtag Waka Two Belts. <laughs> yeah, So then after Okada beats Jay White, he's like, "What's next?" And then Waka comes out. She doesn't come out. She runs out. She runs out, and it's right. So then she beats Okada, and then and then the big question in all of wrestling is who's going to beat Roman Reigns for the belt. And so you have Waka when in the rumble as the IWGP male, women's, and the <laughs> stardom champion against Roman Reigns. Boy, folks, why are we not fucking wrestling?
0: <laughs> Honestly, I am amazed that we don't run a promotion with Waka as our top girl. <laughs> um, it, I, if you had to have hazard a guess, and this will be the last question before we let everyone go. If you had to hazard a guess, Maya Wirtani standing tall at the end of historic crossover, who do you think is her first challenge? It's got to be someone which at, big.
1: Which is at the Tokyo Dome, correct? That's at what we're Tokyo obviously. Dome. That's oh, right. The, the, the there's one name. It's on every. If you go on Twitter, it's on everybody. It's on the tip of everybody's tongue. It's not going to be EO. Person,
0: it's not going to be EO.
1: It's on. I wish it was EO. But <laughs> someone. It, it, I, oh my god! I wish it was. EO, holy jeez! But it's literally somebody that's been teasing. They're going to be doing something big in the month of November keep your eyes peeled i'm no, gonna say it no I'm no you're not it.
0: no not Sasha, no Sasha, it's not gonna Sasha be Banks. Sasha Banks no Sasha
1: Banks disagree yeah yep it's Sasha Banks it's not gonna I, be Sasha Banks I will bet you one beer sir now granted now here's the deal. I know my personal <laughs> friends of mine that listen to this podcast and said, wait a minute anytime you go to a bar with me it's always drinks on me so what does that mean <laughs> yes you're right <laughs> but I will bet you one beer that it's gonna be Sasha Banks so if I'm wrong when we finally meet up, the first two or three rounds is on me.
0: Deal. Deal. Okay. Deal. okay. There we go, folks. I I don't see it being Sasha Banks. I I think... Who do you,
1: who, who do you think it's going to be? Keep in mind, the AEW pay-per-view is the night before. So that takes out Tony Storm, takes out Jamie Hader, it takes up Rip Baker because they're on that pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, the or chan- later in the day, it's the same day. The chances are it's going to be... No, isn't isn't uh, Full Gear the same day as Gold Rush?
1: Full Gear is on Sunday, so the twentieth. Oh, thought it was the the same day as New Star. I thought it was the nineteenth.
0: There you go. Um, Twentieth. Um. Oh man, you're proper going to undercut me with your whole Sasha Banks reveal. Um, Well, then you hey, you brought it up. I wasn't going to say who it was until you brought it up. So.
1: If well, it is you so- must have something in your mind
0: no I haven't to be fair um, I just I, I just don't see it I know she wants to wrestle in Japan obviously she's free of contract obligations with WWE she hasn't returned yet um,
1: <sighs> she said, she's, she's been very open she wants to wrestle Mayu when they asked her she did a sports I've said this on this podcast a dozen times she did a sports illustrated interview about a year or so ago and said there any dream matches you want, you want and without even a blink of an eye she said Mayu Iwatani I want to go to Stardom and wrestle Mayu
0: um, I oh, mean, boy. you're looking at names and you do look at, you know, the likes of Julia, the likes of Suri. Obviously, they're your big name draws. Yutami, Sai Kamatani. Sai yeah, yeah, that's but, a possibility. But they, you know, they all have belts or in a main event picture. If if it gets announced at this pay per view, maybe it will be Sasha Banks, but I just I don't oh, see no, it. No 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 no, right. no 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 no! I, didn't I don't the name see it. Out
1: and he was denying me, and I turned him, just like how we turned him with the Mayu winning the belt. <laughs> uh, I don't
0: folks. see it. I don't see it. I, unfortunately, I I don't see it. But I would love to be proved wrong. I'd love it. Um, let's let's sort of wrap things up, Matt. Um, obviously. The next time you hear our lovely dulcet tones, we will be reviewing the Gold Rush pay-per-view. That's on the 19th of November. Our review of that should drop on Friday the 25th at midnight Eastern Standard Time. We've then got our historic crossover show, which we're recording with Karen Pearson, the lovely Karen Pearson, on the 26th of November. That's going to be dropping early Monday morning in your feed. So the 28th at midnight, again, Eastern Standard Time. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, In the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening for the near two hours, or it will be two hours by the time we've actually wrapped everything up, that we have been chatting some stardom things. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you If you can't afford the Patreon or you just don't want to do it, that's absolutely fine. A free way to support the podcast is writing a really quick comment, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really, 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 really helps the podcast out. I can't stress to you how much it helps us out, but it would be great if you could do that. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon if you can. Thank you to everyone who has already done that. We really do appreciate every single one of you. Patreon.com forward slash The Stardom Cast. Um, you can find us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all under the URL The Stardom Cast. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter. It's at at Rob. Goodwin, don't forget, the website is undergoing a makeover, but you can still find it at the moment at www.thestardomcast.weebly.com. Matt, where can they find you? And, of course, sign us off, my friend.
1: Thank you, good sir. Um, as always, guys, thanks to everybody for the support. Any questions, comments, uh, let me know. Matt Turner, OF, on Twitter. And the Instagram, I'm more than likely 99.9% will be watching these two pay-per-views live as they happen. So by all means, if you have a question or comment or you just want to you know, tag me in something, by all means, again, Matt Turner, OF on the Twitter and or the Instagram. If social media is not your thing, and I completely understand that, you can reach me on my email address. It is thestardomcast22 at gmail.com. And again, folks, we greatly appreciate your help. Uh, so remember, it's not just my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all in this together. And everybody's different. Everybody's special. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.